Did you ever wonder what your pastor didn't say on Sunday? This is the Afterthoughts Show, a podcast inspired to help Christians walk with Jesus throughout the week. Your hosts are Zane Garza and Pastor Chris Chadwick from Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego, California. And we'll talk about biblical truths that didn't make it into Sunday morning's message. All right, welcome to another episode of The Afterthoughts. I'm Zane Garza. I'm Chris Chadwick. We had a great night last night, Pastor. What did you get at Rockies? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, because of um, I'm allergic to milk. And no, it is not lactose intolerance. Uh, it is... Uh, You're allergic to cows? I'm, I'm not allergic <laughs> to their meat, I can tell you that. <laughs> Just their milk. Um, I'm allergic to a specific protein in their milk. So I got nothing... At Rockies, and oh, I, I take that back. I got an acai bowl. Sorry. Oh, there you go. I ate like three bites of it. It's still sitting at home in my freezer. So I got an acai bowl because I want to support Rockies. Frozen yogurt on um, Mesa College Drive. Is, is it, it Mesa, Mesa Col- College? Linda, Linda Vista, Vista Road, the corner of Mesa College and Linda Vista Road. Uh, it's a shopping center, well known, best yogurt place. Uh, old school. The owner's a great Christian. Gives mm-hmm. us awesome disc, uh, awesome. Um, proceeds. Uh, proceeds. Thanks. That's the big donation. word for a Monday. <laughs> yeah. Awesome donation for our youth department. And just a, a really good guy goes to a, a really uh, good Bible church in our area and uh, just salt of the earth kind of guy. And we're really thankful Mark, for Rockies. Right? Yeah. Mark's I insane. met Mark last night. And then he brought, if you try to find this in a couple months, uh, he told us they're actually moving locations. What? They lost their lease. No. Where are they mm-hmm. moving to? Over by Carnival. Oh, sweet. There you go. So, so you can you can get some Mexican food at the supermarket, and then you can uh, go get some Rockies frozen yogurt. If you live in San Diego, one of the best Mexican places is the Carnival Market, the little shop they have in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, they have all kinds of great food in that place and great fruit. And uh, I really like it. It's a little bit, it reminds me of taking a mission trip. And being somewhere in South America or Central America even has that feel and smell of, of um, Southeast Asia, different foods. We'd go to Fong Trang across the street here for that. That's what I was going to say. That's... Yeah. If people don't live in San Diego or an international city, um, they, they probably don't understand what we're talking about. But we can literally go a three-mile radius and uh, get any kind of international food it's fantastic i love the supermarkets it's like it is, i pretend like i'm in asia when i go over there and... no doubt about it it's it's awesome it is pretty awesome it's awesome and some of them they're grouchy like my my korean aunt loved her aunt kim loved her to death with all of my heart but man when she was grouchy she was grouchy and sometimes the the ladies at, at the Korean market remind, oh, Aunt Kim, you're here. Oh, no, you're just grouchy. So, uh, and I laugh at them because now I'm Moksanim, I'm pastor. And so we laugh and have a good time. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Awesome. I really enjoy it. We have a youthful looking Zane Garza. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we shaved his beard last night because our youth group raised $18,000 and Zane Garza uh, committed to our teenagers under absolutely no coercion at all. That if they got fifteen grand, he would shave his beard, and he looks like a child now. He literally—I'm not sure who looks older in his house, him or his four-year-old son or five-year-old son. He's now. five, five, yeah. five now. And probably about the same. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It does kind of feel nice, does it? Yeah, smooth. It's smooth, it's smooth. Well, yeah, I decided to shave it all the way since. Yeah, you look twelve. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I right. had to get a haircut this morning too. 
You did. And I was like, no facial hair and long hair on top. I look like I do look like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. You should have kept it. It was a good look. Yeah, I don't think so. Your wife looked like a cougar. Well, she is a cougar. She is. She's she a little is. bit older than you. Yeah. She is nine months. I was going to say eleven, but she's probably not. like talking and walking by the time I came out. So. Oh, she probably was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, should we get to spiritual things? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. Or we can keep going. No, we got it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Zane was telling me earlier about some baseball player on the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds. Ellie De La, Cru De La Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard of them, like, so I follow MLB. I get their emails. Even yeah. after I unsubscribe, I still get them. So I do, I do check them out every morning. And um, I feel like every day there's a highlight from Ellie De La Cruz on there. And the one I watched the other day was he stole second, third, and home in the same inning. So those of you like me who don't know baseball, Zane was telling me that's important. It's very impressive. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah. I guess people don't do that very often. Never. Yeah, you should. I think the last time that somebody did it in the big leagues, I think it was only 2020, but the last time somebody did it on the Reds was like the 1960s. Hmm. Didn't yeah. Pete Rose play on, the, play on the Reds? He did. Yeah. That, that's where my... They had a weird owner back in the day when I was a kid, that lady, um, Marge Schott. I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I wasn't alive, so I also don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, she she was an interesting lady, I guess, from what I read, and then that. But I'm not a baseball guy. Basketball, all day long. Baseball, not so much. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about the Bible eventually. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you're preaching in Romans, yesterday. I was in Romans, uh, yeah, in our series. I've been in Romans for a year and a half. year yeah. and a half, and kind of reaching what you called the pinnacle of the book, mm -hmm. uh, Romans chapter 8, and then that. That famous passage. Speak about what passage, in case our, our audience doesn't know. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 28, 29, and 30 would make a paragraph, in my opinion. I dealt with 28 uh, two weeks ago, um, and uh, which says, We know all things work together for good to them who love God, to them where they're called according to his purpose. And then yesterday we looked at verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Let's. T I want to talk about uh, verse number 29, the word for no. Okay. Real quick, because we just had a staff meeting probably like an hour and a half ago, and we do tell me something good. And so we go around the table. Everybody's uh, given good things from Sunday. And everybody who, t who spoke about the message brought up this word for no. Mm -hmm. And for good reason, because I was in the same boat. Uh, I had never heard um, this word, and it, I guess it exegeted, mm -hmm. the, the meaning of it pulled out mm -hmm. uh, the way that you did yesterday. And so if our audience or somebody in our audience isn't from Caney Ridge Baptist Church, could you just go over that one more time so they get, they get filled in? Uh, sure. Um, I'll, I'll try to be brief. Most people think there's two options to it, to the word. Um, one popular author said there's option number one, God foresaw our self-determined faith. We remain the decisive cause of our faith and um, our salvation, and God responds to our decision, which is typically called Armenianism. And then option number two is God chooses us, not on the basis of foreseen faith, but on the basis of nothing in us. He called us. Uh, the call itself generates the faith or creates the faith for which it calls us to. That's called Calvinism. But really, there's a third and what I would argue a much more better and accurate definition. Um, for know, in essence, the word know is to know in an intimate sense. For the prefix there before, to have a previous knowledge before, 
or, or we would say foreknow, is to have an intimate relationship with someone in the past. Now, my mother-in-law just passed away nine days ago. Yeah. Um, and um, I, by this word, I foreknow knew her. My wife foreknew her mom. Had an intimate, personal, close relationship with someone in the past. I, I just believe with all my heart that's what it means. Uh, and I'm certainly not alone. We're certainly not an Armenian church. We don't have Armenian theology. And we're certainly not Calvinist. We don't have Calvinistic theology. I think both of those are ditches on the road that no one should have to go into. Romans eight twenty nine. we could read it this way. Uh, For those God formerly knew intimately, he previously determined them to be conformed to the image of his son. And I want to I give... Um, a lot of credit to Leighton Flowers, Soteriology 101, um, a lot of other guys that have helped um, with um, uh, a, a traditional understanding of that text that have helped me to, to come to a biblical understanding as, to a, as opposed to a systematic theology of easy believism or Calvinism. Mm. So who were the, the ones that were foreknown? That it, oh yeah. Speaking of yeah, the the foreknown would be those that are in the past, the Old Testament saints, and you would see that that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. So the foreknown are going to be Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses, um, and and I'm, that's not in order of importance. It's just in the order they come to my mind, or the way that I said it. Um, you could do Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, um, but primarily Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And David are the lineage of Christ, and so that's why I said that. But we would add, Mo- I had Moses because he's the giver of the law, and um, Christ had to Christ had to be preeminent. So, I love it. Good. It good. I never heard that before. So my assumption, me and John were talking this before, was was that with God knew who would receive Him before creation, and then we were talking. I mean, theoretically, that's true. Absolutely, right? yeah. because God's omniscient. He, yeah, He knew that. Yeah, um, but that's not what this is referring to. That's just not what this refers to. Yeah. We, um, First Peter talks about that. Mm. But this is referring to all the words are in the past tense, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate or predetermine to be conformed to the image of his son. And so, yeah, um, afterthoughts is always, hey, what do you wish you would have said, uh, have said? Um, and I dealt with yesterday um, the reality that, that a lot of people think because of some creeds that were given a a flawed Catholic theology that when Jesus died, he had to go to hell and he suffered for the sins of mankind in hell. And truly nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus was separated from God on the cross and the world went dark. Jesus said to Teleestai, it is finished. It's done. When he said that it was done, what was done? Well, salvation, the payment for salvation was accomplished, but our salvation was not yet accomplished till Jesus rose from the grave. He had to fulfill all of the prophecies of the Old Testament. He had to rise again from the grave. And so our, our, our salvation, though its payment was settled, um, salvation in its totality was not yet settled because Christ had to rise from the grave. He had to be buried. He had to rise from the grave. That's why we say the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So so Christ has rise from the grave. So when Jesus says to Teleestai, says it is finished, what's finished? His suffering. That's why when he dies, the payment is settled because the blood, and we saw this Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12 to 14, the blood is applied to the mercy seat that is in heaven. Mm-hmm. 
that God requires for our salvation. And so it's vitally important that we understand that Christ did not suffer in hell. And if he did, because fellowship was restored right after that between God and Christ, the lights came back on in the world, if you will, uh, to simplify it for a fifth grader, um, are we saying that God was in fellowship with Jesus while Jesus was suffering in hell? No, nobody would agree with that statement. Why? Because Jesus didn't go to hell. Jesus went to the center of the earth where the Old Testament paradise was, and he preached to the captives in prison, and he had to preach himself because everybody on the planet, everyone who's in heaven has to accept Jesus as their Savior. Everyone. And I wish I would have dealt with this, because that's what Afterthoughts is all about. I wish I would have said this. That's when people say, well, they don't believe in Jesus, but man, they're a really good person. They're very sincere in their faith. No, no, you don't believe in Jesus, you don't go to heaven. Right. Even the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses, they all had to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And based on the scripture, they did. And Jesus led captivity captive. Those who were in prison, those who were held there until they saw the accomplishment of their faith, they had to accept Christ, and he preached to them, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 to 20, he preached to them, and they accepted him, and he led them, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. So, I don't know, it was a fun message, and it was my, my teaching passion came out for a few minutes. <laughs> I so. like it. Well, you lead me right into my next question. Okay. So you're talking about the Old Testament paradise. Yeah. Um, that's referred, you're referring to Abraham's bosom? Yeah, yeah. Abraham's Luke bosom. Luke chapter 15, yeah. Right. Is there any Old Testament passages that refer to that, or do we only see that in the New Testament? Um, I'd have to think. I haven't really thought of that. I wish you had given me that question beforehand. And it's kind I of a busy morning. Yeah, so. it has been a busy morning, yeah. and I would have researched that. But I don't, I don't. I mean, it talks about you know what we would call them going to heaven. Right. I don't know that it talks about the the theology of that. Uh, the Old Testament is is a history book. It's a prophecy book. It's a poetical book. It's not as much of an instructive book as the New Testament is. The New Testament, we have 13 epistles, uh, or 14, whatever it is. Uh, and you have the Revelation, and you have the Gospels, making a total of 27 books. And then the history book, the book of Acts. And the the epistles, whatever that total number is, and I, I, it's more than 13, but... Um, you have the the epistles giving giving strict, clear teaching, kind of line by line, systematic, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the Old Testament is written with a different pers- purpose, a lot of narratives, a lot of stories. Sure. And so, yeah. So I, I don't know that you would see that, but I'd have to look and see. I'm not right. going to say categorically. You, I just can't but, remember off the top of my and head. And if it's not there, it's not. Yeah, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Yeah. I mean, are you saying that some things could be, I guess, left unanswered or incomplete in the Old Testament because the New Testament would come in and complete those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, come. for sure. Cool. Yeah. Romans 15, 4, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. We don't get most, uh, the vast majority of our doctrine comes from the New Testament and specifically the epistles. We do get some doctrine from the Gospels and the doctrine agrees in both Old and New Testament but the vast majority of New Testament theology comes from the New Testament and primarily from the epistles. This is sort of a, a fun question that I thought, well, I don't know about fun. I guess that's subjective. We'll find <laughs> out. We'll find out. <laughs> but I don't think the New Testament speaks to this, but what happened to 
the Old Testament paradise or Abraham's bosom once Christ did leave lead captivity captive? Well, the Bible says, I think it's in the book of Proverbs, that hell hath enlarged herself. What most people would probably believe, and I would believe this, is that um, hell expanded. Hmm. That's a sad reality, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, my next question uh, comes from your daughter, actually. Ooh. Not Judith. Not Judith. Not Judith. She, was, she wasn't watching the service. The other way. one. The other one. Natalie. Natalie. The prophetess. <laughs> the preacher. <laughs> the preacher. <laughs> to watch her on that. She wants to start her own church. A women's only church. <laughs> anyway, she, she asked, If you're listening online, we are joking. We love to give Natalie our time. She's very, very black and white. <laughs> she asked this question. It is finished, referred to the suffering of Christ, which we already kind of, you already kind of touched yeah, on yeah. a little bit. Uh, but she wants you to expound on that a little bit. And here's why. If that's true, why do we sing it was finished upon the cross? Because she, she's what she's asking is the resurrection still needed to take place. Yeah. So salvation wasn't settled. So why are we singing it was finished on the cross if it wasn't finished? Upon yeah, the cross? that's great. Um, because all that was required as far as the payment for our sin was settled. First John one uh, one and two. Uh, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And then verse number two, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also the sin of the whole world, which literally means the whole world, not selective people in the whole world. But he's the, the propitiation, the substitutionary payment. That's what it means. Or the settled payment. God's requirement, as far as the payment goes for the sin of mankind, was accomplished with Jesus's death on the cross. That's why he didn't go to hell and suffer more, because that's not what God was requiring. God, all of the Old Testament sacrifices are looking forward to the death, the sacrificial death and burial of the uh, sinless Son of God. And then fulfilling prophecy, Jesus is raised from the grave fulfilling everything that God said, but the suffering, the payment was set. It really was settled upon the cross. The resurrection had to happen or else first Corinthians chapter 15, we're all men most miserable and the death of Christ was in vain. And our, in our, and our faith is in vain. Paul quotes, uh, or Paul says, so what was the reason that we would sing a, a beautiful song that it was finished upon the cross the cross is a picture, I submit, of the totality of salvation. It, it would be inclusive in, in poetic license, maybe not theological absoluteness, but in poetic license of the totality of the, of the gospel, of the gospel narrative, if we want to even use that term. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I mean, the Bible's full of symbols. I mean, baptism is a symbol. Right. right? Um, so I, it makes sense to me. We're going to have to go to the prophetess herself and see if <laughs> that satisfies. Well, you know. if it doesn't satisfy her, we'll probably sleep well the night. <laughs> <laughs> can promise you I will. Yeah. Yeah. I can promise you I will. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, that's kind of all the questions I have today. I mean, I do have one more. It's pretty important. Okay. And, but it's, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with Romans 8. Uh, more of Genesis. Okay. You know, so, so God said, when he looked at creation, he saw that it was good. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, where do cats come from? Cats are the product 
of the fall. <laughs> there were no cats before the fall. Let me just tell you that right How now. How did they get their name then? Cats? Yeah, didn't Adam name all the animals? After he fell. Uh, yeah, Genesis chapter 3. If you look, it's in, hold on, let me tell you what verse. I'll be, I want to be very specific in our theology. Very specific in our theology here as I adjust my mic. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 25. So 24 says, So he drove out man, and he placed in the east garden of Edom, and placed at the east garden of Eden, rather, cherubims with flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way, uh, the way of the tree of life. So they couldn't go into the tree of life. Verse 25. Might not be in most versions, but in my version it says, And a symbol of the fall that shall never be forgotten will be the cat, primarily the kitten, that lives in the house of dumb people. Right there. That's uh-huh. the that's a symbol of sin and the fall. I think my... other other versions will say that meows <laughs> and is worthless and wants to kill you every chance it gets. You sleep long enough, your cat will eat your eyes. They hate your dog, what's your dog gonna do? Kind of lick you to try to wake you up. That's what your dog's gonna do. Your cat will lick you to see if you're dead yet. I mean, they they hate human beings. They're just, they they hate everyone. My daughter Judith has two cats now. And she's like, oh, dad, they're so cute. They're meowing in the background. I said, no, baby, they're seeing if you're alive. They're meowing to see if you move. If you don't move after a while, they'll come paw you to see if you move. And if you move, they'll like snuggle up to you. You don't move long enough, they'll start ripping your flesh apart. First the nose, then the eyes, then the ears, then the lips. I mean, they're just evil beasts. They are the evil beast of the book of Romans. Is Judith 30 yet? She's 27. No. I've got a little bit of time to convince her of this. Yeah. yeah. Before she hits 30. Because we raise kids for 30. But I don't know where <laughs> I went wrong with this. She's just an evil little... It's probably says, Pastor Anthony King. It's probably who we call a Baptist church. She yeah. did not have, have cats until she uh, joined who we call a Baptist right. church. Hmm. Yeah. So well, I, think there you go. I think it is. That's a true statement. I hope both of my daughters appreciate the good banter. And we want to invite you to Canyon Ridge Baptist Church mm-hmm. where it is a... Um, uh, a fun place to be. Very fun. And the lights are still on. So, And the lights are still on. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Nobody's going to get that, and we won't get into it. But... Yeah, so we'll have to edit that one out of there. <laughs> but we want to invite you to Canyon Ridge Baptist Church, where we love Jesus. And if you're in the San Diego area, come by, check us out. If you're looking for a church that will uh, love you like family, help you grow closer to Jesus Christ, be theologically sound and passionate about seeing people come to Jesus Christ and discipling them into Christ's likeness as we are all on a journey of being more like Jesus. We'd love to have you come and be our guest, 6866 Linda Vista Road, CanyonRidgeBaptist.com or CanyonRidgeSanDiego.com. We'd love to have you as our guest. Thankful for Zane Garza and the work that he does in all of this. John Scheifus, who's uh, the video guy and the editor, we're thankful for it and praise God for all that he's doing. If this uh, mess, if this episode was a blessing to you, please like it and subscribe. And then uh, if you'll share it on your social media platform, that'd be a huge blessing as well. Help help get the word out there. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Afterthought Show. You've been listening to the Afterthought Show with Zane Garza and Chris Chadwick. To listen to the sermon that inspired this episode, check out Canyon Ridge Baptist Church on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. For information about our church. Pastor Chadwick, or how to know Jesus is your Savior, 
visit our website at CanyonRidgeSanDiego.com. Canyon Ridge is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday. We'll see you next time.